history of the bands. Welcome, welcome, welcome to History of the Bands. I am your host, the human Google machine, Brandon Withers. How is everybody? I's doing good. And on this episode, we're going to pick up right where we left off on the last one. See, last episode was part one of Megadeth. And we talked about, you know, Dave being kicked out of Metallica... He started his own band out of spite. All the member changes of that time, making the albums that they made, and then coming to an end where they had a failed album. So let's pick up here on part two on what happened from there. To get back into this episode, we left off with a disappointing album. And now, let's talk about the aftermath. So on July 14, 1999, the former drummer, Gar, died of liver failure. He was 41 years old. The band dedicated Peace Cells to him when they were performing at Woodstock 99. Which, Woodstock 99 was a complete train wreck, everybody. Complete train wreck. There's a whole episode worth of talking about it. Probably multiple episodes talking about that festival. Uh, You can actually go on Netflix and just type in Trainwreck and you can watch three episodes about how much Woodstock was a train wreck. (laughs) Uh, But the band toured with Iron Maiden and about three months into the tour, Marty announced that he quit the band due to musical differences. In January of 2000, they replaced Marty with Al. The band went to the studio to begin the next record, but put it on hold to do a tour with Anthrax and Motley Crue. When they was done with the tour, Megadeth made a huge decision. In July of 2000, the band left Capitol Records due to tension that had been building up for a while. Capitol records returned all of the band's newest recordings that they had been doing before they toured with Motley Crue and Anthrax and Capitol Records released a greatest hits album. By November the band signed with Sanctuary Records. They hit the studio to finish what they had been recording. On May 13, 2001 the band did an episode of VH1's Behind the Music you know, to kind of like promote the new album. So the ninth album is The World Needs a Hero, released on May 15th, 2001, by Sanctuary and produced by Bill Kennedy and Dave Mustaine. The band went back to their thrash metal roots on this one, but it still had some commercial feel to it. Dave came up with the album name by referring to the stereotypical type rock stars. He said people wanted heroes. Most bands look like average Joes wearing 
gas station shirts, having funky hairdos, you know, so I guess that's technically the hero that the world wants. <laughs> I, I don't really understand it. Uh, but needless to say, let's go on from here. Uh, I love the album cover. It had Vic Rattlehead bursting out of Dave's chest like a like that was that, that that 1979 movie Alien. That was a really cool scene there. Like just the alien burst right out. <laughs> also, what was it? Uh, Spaceballs. Do y'all remember Spaceballs? Like at the very end, the guy was eating something. The next thing you know, the alien burst out of his chest and then starts singing the that little, what was it, the cartoon of the frog on, come on my baby, come on my darling, <laughs> I'm going to stop there, because I, I, I would probably butcher it some more, <laughs> uh, anyway, the track list is Disconnected, The World Needs a Hero, Motto Psycho, Thousand Times Goodbye, Burning Bridges, Promises, Recipe for a Hair Warhorse, Losing My Senses, Dread and the Fugitive Mind, Silent Scorn, Rerun to Hanger, and Win for a total length of 57 minutes and 49 seconds. The album sold 61,000 copies in the first week and debuted at number 16 on the billboards. But the following week, though, it dropped to number 59. It did not go gold or platinum. It has been described as a very sluggish and a step back for the band type album. The band went on tour and did a European tour with ACDC, followed by an American tour, but it was cut short due to 9-11, which, you know, I spoke about 9-11, I believe, before, but, you know, 9-11 was a very very devastating vivid vividly remembered day uh, the whole world stood still I was in school I was in the sixth grade and I remember walking into my teacher's class her name was Mrs. Tibbles uh, I walked in her class and the TV was on and that was right when they were hitting you know the World Trade Centers and uh, we didn't learn a single thing that day at school we all were watching the news I did notice this about um, the United States. Uh, when this happened, uh, the whole country came together. Hate wasn't really a thing. Everybody was trying to help one another because we were all devastated. We stood together. We didn't care about who was gay, who, what color your skin was, or any of that stuff uh, like we do now. There's so much hatred in the world today so much hatred in the United States, but I remember during that time, we didn't care anymore, we were all in it together, but um, let me get off my soapbox here, you know, because I can be on it for a while when it comes to some politic things. The band did two more shows in 2001, and it was for Rude Awakening. In January of 2002, Dave was hospitalized to remove a kidney stone and was given a pain medication that triggered a relapse. Following his stay, he checked into rehab and while at rehab, he fell asleep with his, you know, arm, like his left arm over the back of a chair 
which caused compression to the radial nerve, which basically made it to where he was unable to grasp or make a fist with his left hand. So on April 3rd, Dave announced that he was disbanding Megadeth due to his arm injury. Over the next four months, he did physical therapy five days a week, slowly beginning to reattach his uh, tendons in his hand. Almost a year later, with physical and electroshock therapy, yes, electroshock therapy, people, Dave began working on his first solo album. But the project was put on hold when Dave agreed to remix Megadeth's eight studio albums with Capitol Records, you know, kind of worked out a deal where he would remaster them for them. In May of 2004, Dave returned to work on his solo project. Well, due to contractual obligations with his European label, EMI, it resulted in the recordings to be released as a Megadeth album. So the 10th album is System Has Failed by Sanctuary Records and released September 14, 2004. It was produced by Dave and Jeff Bolding. How Dave approached this was being very laid back, four days a week and three-hour sessions. So Dave called up the Rust in Peace lineup to see if they wanted to record back, you know, like record again with each other, kind of get that whole lineup back together. Nick Mendez agreed to return, but Marty and David was unable to come to an agreement with Dave. Nick was sent home, though, shortly after rehearsals began. Dave said Nick Mendez was so not ready for this. He just was not physically prepared for a tour, and it just wasn't going to work out. So the lineup ended up being Dave, James on bass, Glenn Drover on guitar, and Sean Drover on drums. That's right, two brothers. Which is very interesting to me. You don't see a lot of bands that has brothers in the band. So I guess you kind of do, but you don't hear about them as much. Anyway, the track list is Black Male, The Universe, Die Dead Enough, Kick the Chair, The Scorpion, Tears in a Vial, I Know Jack, Back in the Day, Something That I'm Not, Truth Be Told, Of Mice and Men, Shadow of Death, and My Kingdom, for a total length of 48 minutes and 24 seconds. The album debuted and peaked at number 18 on the billboards and sold 46,000 copies in the first week. Now, it did not go gold or platinum. This album did receive positive reviews from critics. Some even said it sounded like Countdown to Extinction, and it was darn near perfect. But some said it was like Megadeth's counterpart, Metallica, which was, they had just released Saint Anger at that time. So they were trying to say this album sounded like Saint Anger. But you know, I've told you, I enjoyed Saint Anger. It was a very different sound to it. Uh, Dave announced that this was their last album and they would do a farewell tour. After the tour, he would focus on a solo career. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey everyone, have you ever felt just down and out, depressed, like you need somebody? I've been there before, and when I was like that, I wish I knew about BetterHelp. Now, BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, 
and it is a hundred percent online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel like doing it. You can do it via text message, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions whenever is convenient for you. If your therapist isn't that right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from an in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. More scheduling, flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash history of the bands. That is better h e l p dot com slash history of the bands. And thank you, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this podcast. In mid-2005, Dave organized this annual thrash metal festival called Gigantor, where Megadeth would headline. So on October 9th of 2005, Dave, you know, retracted that statement about the band disbanding and no longer making albums and touring. Uh, I think due to this Gigantor, it made him realize how many fans out there really love Megadeth. So, in February of 2006, James left the band and was replaced by James Lomenzo. In May of 2006, Megadeth announced that they would be releasing their 11th album, but it got postponed to the following year. So before the release, they did a second Gigantor, but in between touring of that, they did record the 11th album, and it was called United Abominations released May 15th, 2007 by Roadrunner Records instead of Sanctuary. So like due to some music right trouble with uh, Capital and Sanctuary, the band ended up signing with Roadrunner. The album was produced by Dave, Jeff Balding, and Andy Sneap. When Dave entered the studio, he had no preconceived notions and said, some of the lyrics were written about his frustrations with their past labels. Most of the lyrics was about American government, which you know is a normal trend for them. They recorded this album in multiple studios, though. They recorded in London, England, and the rest of these are all in California. The Steakhouse, Big Fish, SIR, and Mustaine Music. He actually used someone else to help with vocals in this one song, and I won't tell you what that song is, but the person he used is Christina Scabia of Lacuna Coil. She's amazing. Her voice is amazing. 
Uh, she was a teenage crush for me and probably a lot of my friends and people around the world. Uh, like I said, I'll tell you what song it is in just a second. So let's do the track list. Uh, coming in, number one is Sleepwalker. Washington is next. Never Walk Alone. A Call to Arms. United Abominations. Gears of War. Blessed Are the Dead. Play for Blood. A Toutly Monday. Which, you know, featured Christina. America Haston. You're Dead. And Burnt Ice. For a total length of 47 minutes and 56 seconds. The album sold 60,000 copies in the first week and debuted at number 8 on the billboards. It did not go gold or platinum. The song Gears of War is in the video game Gears of War. It originally did not have lyrics, but Microsoft asked them if they could use the song, so the band accepted and wrote lyrics, but before they could get it back to them, it was already too late, and they had already put the song the game so in the game it's just instrumental also American Haston is part two of Holy Wars again critics seemed to enjoy this album and said it was stuffed with riffs and was guitar driven the tour began in March of 2007 and ended with a third Gigantor in late 2007 In January of 2008, Glenn quit the band saying he wanted to spend more time with his family. He was replaced by Chris Borderick, which Dave has stated that Chris is the best guitarist Megadeth has ever had. Yeah. So, uh, like, take that with a grain of salt. (laughs) Uh, So guess what they did next, guys? Another Gigantor. That's like their fourth one. (laughs) They, they toured for the rest of 2008. In early 2009, Metallica was being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Metallica invited Dave to attend the ceremony, but Dave would not be inducted due to not having any recording credits with the band, which is total bullcrap if you think about it, guys. Um, so, I recently had seen a video of Dave Mustaine talking to Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan was talking about Metallica and did he instantly go and do Megadeth which Dave said yes but when he left Metallica he told him do not use my music you know that he had already done for him but Metallica did use his music Uh, they just had Kurt Hamrick re-record it so crap because Dave deserves writing credits for the music that he wrote and Metallica used it for the first three albums so you know Dave got no royalties off of that and didn't get put in the Hall of Fame but let's get back on track here Um, Dave just you know congratulated the group but did not attend Hall of Fame in early 2009 they went to the studio to record their 12th album called End Games. It was released September 15, 2009 by Roadrunner and produced by Dave and Andy Sneap. Dave described this album as fast, heavy, singing, yelling, speaking, and guess with insane guitar solos. <laughs> That's a lot of things there. 
uh, less melodic and more riff oriented. This was an old school Megadeth album. The lyrics were inspired by The Lord of the Rings, Hollywood Shootout of 1997, The Financial Crisis of 2007 through 2008, Insanity, Torture, and Crying. The track list is Dialect Chaos, This Day We Fight, 44 Minutes, 1,320, Bite the Hand, Bodies, Endgame, The Hardest Part of Letting Go, Sealed with a Kiss, Head Crusher, How the Story Ends, and The Right to Go Insane, for a total length of 44 minutes and 42 seconds. The album sold 45,000 copies in the first week and debuted at number 9 on the billboards. The Right to Go Insane was in the film Land of the Lost, and This Day We Fight was on Guitar Hero Warriors of Rock. Now, Megadeth also performed Head Crusher on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, which, you know, I love watching Jimmy Fallon. BBC Music said that this was their most reliable and proficient album since Rust in Peace, and also said that they are once again asserting their right to be considered one of the best and most consistent heavy metal groups on the planet. I think somebody was a huge Megadeth fan. <laughs> uh, the song Head Crusher was nominated for a Grammy but did not win. In early 2010, Lomenzo left the band and Sean called up David to come back. So David rejoined the band. During mid 2010, Megadeth, along with Metallica, Slayer, and Anthrax, did a show billed as the Big Four of Thrash Metal. Man, I wish I would have got to go see that one live, but it would probably have been a mosh pit and I would have probably got trampled to death. <laughs> nah, I highly doubt I get trampled to death, but it would have been an awesome show, guys. Also in mid 2010, Vic Rattlehead started making appearances on stage. In September of 2010, Sudden Death was released for the video game Guitar Heroes Warriors of Rock, and it was nominated for a Grammy, but as the trend goes, it did not win. In early 2011, the band went back to the studio to record their 13th album, called 13. It was released November 1st, 2011. By Roadrunner Records and produced by Johnny K because Andy was not available at the time. This was also the band's last album with Roadrunner due to the contract ending. Roadrunner wanted to sign them to do more, but Dave said he did not want to because of creative differences. The reason Dave named this album 13 was he was 13 when he started playing guitar, it was their 13th album, and he was born on the 13th. During the making of the album, there was, you know, some odd occurrences that happened. They had car trouble, stuff disappearing, and someone close to Dave, who was straight, you know, like straight edge, didn't do anything drug or drinking wise, fell into drugs and disappeared. Johnny K suddenly became sick during the making, but he was only down for a few days and got back to the studio to help them finish recording the album. The track list is Sudden Death, Public Enemy Number 1, Whose Life Is It Anyways, We the People, Guns, Drugs, and Money, Never Dead, 
New World Order, Fastlane, Black Swan, Wrecker, Millennium, Blind, Deadly Nightshade, and number 13. For a total length of 57 minutes and 36 seconds. The album was described as thrashy, angry, and melody-packed like peace sells. The album debuted at number 11 on the billboards and sold 42,000 copies in the first week. As the trend continued, it did not go gold or platinum. But critics gave it a 7 out of 10 rating. In Loudwire Top 10 Metal Albums of 2011, it landed on the spot number 5 receiving Grammy nominations, but dun da 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 it did not win. <laughs> uh, they just hadn't caught that break yet on these Grammy things, guys. Dave stated that after four years of a hiatus, the Gigantor was returning in 2012. The tour was a hit, and after the tour, they toured with Rob Zombie throughout the summer. In August of 2012, Dave announced a 14th album. The band went into the studio December of 2012 and began working on the album Super Collider, released June 4th, 2013, with a new label called Tradecraft, which is a, you know, sister company to Universal. Uh, Tradecraft was created by Dave himself, and Universal Records is backing it. It was produced by Johnny K again. The band worked hard on getting everything together as fast as they could. They was excited about having their own label and had creative freedom to do whatever they wanted. Over the months, they would release videos of them working on the album, making announcements about the album cover and titles and names of the songs. One of the songs had guest vocalist David Draymond of Disturbed, which I will reveal it in just a minute. Uh, let's get to the track list. It is Kingmaker, Super Collider, Burn, Built for War, Off the Edge, Dance in the Rain, this is the one that had David, Beginning of Sorrow, The Blackest Crow, Forget to Remember, Don't Turn Your Back, and Cold Sweat, which was a cover of Thin Lizzy. For a total length of 45 minutes and 14 seconds, the album debuted at number 6 on the Billboard, selling 29,000 copies in the first week. Obviously, it did not go gold or platinum. Though it started strong in the, you know, release, it quickly fell off the charts as it, you know, was declining, you know. Like I said, it debuted at number 6, but like within the few weeks, it was already down, you know, the hundreds, you know, so it, it dropped off the charts very quickly. Uh, it was rated the worst album of 2013, but some critics did give positive reviews. Then the band did another Gigantor in 2013, and on the last show, former Metallica's bassist Jason Newstead joined Megadeth on stage for a song. The second half of 2014 was a bit of, you know, setbacks for the band. Shows got canceled overseas due to armed conflict between Israel and Gaza. Dave had spine surgery. And then in late November, Drover quit the band to pursue his own music. So, like, right after that, Chris Borderick quit the group. 
So then it was only Dave and David. Megadeth was in need of members to continue. So they recruited Lamb of God drummer Chris Adler and guitarist Kiko to work on the new album after he unsuccessfully tried to get the rest of the lineup of Rust and Peace back together. They quickly went to the studio in April of 2015. The 15th album is Dystopia, released January 22, 2016 by Tradecraft and produced by Dave and Chris. Uh, weird name, that's what I'm going to go with. I think it's Rake Straw. Chris Rakestraw. I actually got it, but I'm going to still call him weird name. (laughs) It's an odd name. Uh, Anyway, one of the reasons Dave wanted to make this album so fast after the 14th album was Slayer's guitarist Jeff passed away, and Dave had this sense of mortality and wanted to make as much as possible. But they ran into some delays like members leaving and Finding their replacements, Uh, David lost his brother to cancer, and Dave's mother-in-law went missing, and her remains was found November 26th, 2014, which uh, is very horrible. Um, I don't know if they ever figured out what happened to her, and hopefully hopefully they did, but uh, you hate to hear that. Uh, But anyway, the band pressed on. Recording was finished in July of 2015. The track list is The Threat is Real, Dystopia, Fatal Illusions, Death from Within, Bullet to the Brain, Post-American War, Poisonous Shadows, Conquer or Die, Lie in State, The Emperor, and Foreign Policies, which is a fear cover. For a total length of 46 minutes and 51 seconds, the album debuted at number 3 on the billboards and sold 48,000 copies in the first week. The band received good reviews. It was met with positive words compared to their last album. And guess what, folks? They finally won a Grammy. for Best Metal Performance. And according to Rolling Stones magazine, it made number six on the 20 Best Metal Albums of 2016. Shortly after the release of the album, Chris Adler went back to Lamb of God full-time, so they replaced him with Dirk. Also shortly after the release, former drummer Nick Mendez died of a heart attack on May 21, 2016 while he was performing with OHM, killing all hope for a Rust in Peace lineup reunion. In mid-2017, Dave said the band would enter the studio at the end of the year to work on their 16th album, but that got pushed back due to obligations with shows and tours. The band set up their first cruise called Mega Cruise and had a lot of bands on board. It was quite successful, but during that time of, you know, putting it all together, Dave was diagnosed with throat cancer and had to cancel all touring dates. I did notice that Dave's face, you know, changed a bit while recovering 
from cancer. I guess all the chemo and radiation, you know, kind of messed with his face to to some point. But despite having cancer, the band still worked on an album when they could. The band was set to tour with Lamb of God, Trivium, and In Flames, but COVID pandemic happened. So the band just worked on their new album during the pandemic. On January 9th, 2021, Dave announced the title of the 16th album, called The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. But before we get to the album, some stuff kind of happened here. In May of 2021, David had some sexual videos leaked on the internet. It was a video of him pleasing himself with a fan he spent time with. This led to accusations of child grooming, which Megadeth then dismissed him from the band and said there would be no chance of him returning to the band. But David did prove it was consensual adult conduct between two adults and was unaware of the recording. And he was getting a lawyer involved to sue the other person that recorded the video. But let's move on to the album. Since David was gone, Dave had Steve come in and redo all the bass tracks. And then former bassist Lomenzo returned to the band full-time in May of 2022. The album was released on September 2nd, 2022 by Tradecraft and produced by Dave and Chris, weird name again. <laughs> the track list is The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead, Life in Hell, Night Stalkers, which featured Ice-T, Dog of Chernobyl, Sacrifice, Junkie, Psychopathy, Killing Time, Soldier On, Celebutane, Mission to Mars, and We'll Be Back for a total length of 55 minutes and 10 seconds. The album peaked at number 3 on the billboards and got quite a few positive reviews. The band has been touring ever since. Well, now you are caught up on one of the big four, Megadeth. Having sold millions of copies worldwide, Megadeth is one of the few 80s American metal bands to achieve mass commercial success. I remember the first time I had ever heard one of their songs, and it was in 2006 when I was playing that video game, SmackDown vs. Raw 2006, and it was Symphony of Destruction. Other than that, I had never heard anything from this band. Uh, I gotta say, thank you Randy Davis for the recommendation. Uh, I've spent the past few weeks just researching and enjoying their music. So, again, thank you. Uh, I love the sound and the guitars. Great band indeed. Well, let's move on now to my top five albums. Coming in at number five, Dystopia. Number four, United Abominations. Number three, The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. Number two, Rust in Peace. And number one, Countdown to Extinction. That is my top five. And if you don't like it, guess what? It is what it is. <laughs> uh, again, I want to say thank you, Randy, for the recommendation. This has been super fun. 
So guys, stay tuned for the next episode as we will be discussing one of the leaders of grunge, Pearl Jam. If you guys would like to keep up with any updates that I might post or just videos or anything like that that I post, you can go over to my TikTok, my Instagram, and follow me at History of the Bands. And then in my Instagram, you can click the Lincoln Tree and it will take you to all my links. It'll take you to the shows where you can listen to it on Apple, Spotify, Google, or Anchor. And from there, you can also go to BetterHelp and get you guys some therapy if you need it. You could also go to my merch where you can buy t-shirts that has my face on the shirt. If you don't want that, you can also just get t-shirts that say History of the Bands. You could also get a hoodie. You could get a shirt that says it is what it is. So guys, head over there and get you guys a shirt or a hoodie or something. It would really help me out. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'd like to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast and I'd like to thank Anchor well all I got left to say guys is class dismissed hello my baby hello my honey hello my ragtime gal send me a kiss by wire baby my heart's on fire if you refuse me honey you lose me then you'll be left alone oh baby telephone and tell me I'm your own History of the Bands.